Yes, yes, yes. Once again. Hello. Welcome, come well. To another doorway. Another episode. Entitled Beyond Words and Expression. Today, once again, just like last episode, we're going to do another chaotic thing, another random thing. And um, still, you know, part of the energy right now. That energy is still present. Just have fun again with the episode. And just basically, once again, touch upon just random topics, random things. And uh, we'll take it from there again. So, today's topic, I guess you can title it, Randomnimity, part two, or the second part, being that the first part we had last Sunday, we did a random thing, we're going to do the same thing again today, touch upon random things. And of course, you know the format of how we go about this. Start the first doorway, or the first line, I guess, if you want to call it that, and um, open it up from there, one after the other. And as you open these lines, you uh, start to um, get what we get from it and build with it and on it. Okay, so if the first doorway is, or the first line, we'll just say doorway though, first doorway is, the mind does not have its own mind. It can't be evil, the mind can't be spiteful, it can't be intentional, it can't be bad, it can't be negative, it can't be horrible, etc. That's all you being that way to yourself. You have turned your mind against yourself. You've turned it into a weapon to hurt yourself. So in other words, like you've turned yourself against yourself. Because you hear this in times of people like, oh, the mind is evil. No, it's, it's, it's doing this. It's, it's driving me crazy, you know. And people talk about the mind as if the mind has like a personality. Yeah. Talk about it as if it's uh, doing something intentional to you. It's funny because as someone is saying this, 
what they're doing at the same time is basically telling on yourself. And they're telling you how they have their own device turned against them and what they're actually doing to their self. Not what the mind is doing or how it is, but actually what they're doing and how they are personally within their own mind or judging themselves or making themselves feel a certain way. Um, that's the funny thing about it. I say, you know, people talk about it as if this mind device, this device called mind has a personality as if it's doing something intentional. You know, um, understand that the mind itself does not have its own mind. It's funny how they, you know, you hear people talk about this thing as if it's something else somewhere else poking at them, you know, or annoying them. Like I said, once again, it's actually somebody, uh, they don't know it, but they're actually talking about how they have turned that one thing against their self and how they're treating their self. You know, so that was just a funny thing. Uh, there's little phrases and quotes how people say certain things. And, you know, the mind is driving me crazy, this and that. That's like, no, you're driving yourself crazy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a little funny thing. I just thought about that. Such a flip on that. Anyway. Um, something that came to mind when you said that was like um, how people poison themselves with different things like, um, you know, just things that they consume, be it um, media things or the way that they eat that catches up to them later and, you know, they develop um, dis-ease or imbalance in the body or, um, you know, it's the same type of thing. Uh, where you know your your body starts to attack itself um, after a while, or protect you from what you're doing to it. You know um, that that was just what came to mind for that part of it. Yeah, basically, yes, that's um, a good example because. See that habit that that habit start to ripple out into different forms of activity that um has the same effect or is doing the same thing. You have turned basically that one thing against you rather than for you or in your favor. And it's supposed to watch things, certain things, and like I said, you know, it's not a negative or positive thing, but it's just a certain way that you're training your mind to be and your mind something which speaks back to you according to how you programmed it. Right. Now, it's not this one separate entity somewhere waiting to make you go crazy. No, that's what you've done to yourself. So, that's the funny thing. I think that that's the other thing about it, too, is that, you know, people aren't willing to take responsibility, so it's easy to separate something and put it over there and say that that's doing that to me. Mm-hmm. But it's, and damn, am I doing this to myself? And some way that I don't understand. 
uh, you know, what's really going on besides what I think is going on. Right. Uh, it's it's an uh, uh, interesting device, you know. Um, yeah. Well, that peace of mind that you have, it has to be like your best friend, you know, some way, in some form, because that thing goes everywhere with you. It is you. It's, you are the everywhere that it is, and it is everywhere that it is you, and you can't go somewhere without taking it with you. You know, people got these best friends of people and pets and all of Nah, nah, that better be your first best friend, because that's gonna have mm-hmm. the most major impact on you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so to consider yeah. yeah. So, um, do you reflect on that, or we on that one? No, I agree. It's just like, you know, like I said, the the whole my body's attacking me thing is it's based on what you've um, you've done with with something. So it's just like what has um, transpired. There's a process to undoing it, and you know, it's all. It's all there with you. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I think trying to touch yourself not to take responsibility for your own behavior. You know, mm-hmm. And a lot of people, a lot of individuals like that uh, blame others for a lot of things. And um, once again, you know, it's not a good thing, it's not a bad thing, it's just whatever, you know, it is whatever it is. Um, how you program yourself, and that's that's a similar thing that we have with cyborgs and robots. Or we actually have a program, you know, with, with different programs. Um, program is it's another thing, you know, but um, it automatically happens itself, you know, become these programs that you don't even, you're not even conscious of. You're unconscious of what you're doing to yourself. You become too cyclical or too swallowed into that program. Mm-hmm. You lose yourself. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, um, an interesting thing. Um, yeah, so... Okay. Next doorway, just touch upon, is you look like others that are genetically connected to you that were before you for a reason. See, this kind of came up because certain people or certain, I guess, Regular individuals from celebrities, or, you know, singers or whatever, maybe male and female. Um, 
to you know, people in sports or whoever is, you know, I guess on TV a lot or influential people on other people, these individuals, um, they get into these, you know, this, you know, uh, plastic surgery or Botox or skin bleach, you know, and it's like, well, okay, you know, because in reality, this is the realm of Mr. Potato Head. You know, we can put the nose, take it off, and put it there if we want to. We can take the ear and put it there. We can take the eye and put it there. You know, we get to, I don't want to say disfigure ourselves, but we get to relocate things or to give it a certain shape which we weren't, uh, I guess you can say, born with naturally. You get to do things with it, make it flatter, make it pointier, make it rounder, make it wider, make it slimmer, make it lighter, make it darker. You know, we get to um, play with this with this thing called skin or flesh. And we mess up the table head ourselves. And, um, you know, if it can be done, hey, okay, you know, sure it can be done, okay, all right. Um, but, you know, it's not, doesn't mean, just because I could doesn't mean that I should. You know? And people say, what do you mean by that? I say, well, you could go right now and jump off the roof if you wanted to, but should you? So this is a regular principle. You could walk in the middle of the street and get hit by that truck that's coming at 70 miles per hour down the street. You know, but should you? You could take that knife and stab yourself in the chest right by your heart, but should you? So we know that could and should. Um, there's a big gap or space in between that is where one considers the decision being made or the choice being made. You know, so this is why it's like it's not touching upon this to judge or criticize anybody. You know, do whatever you want to do. It's cool. Um, but just understand what you're doing. Or just have an understanding about what you're doing, and whatever what and whatever you're doing. Um, what kind of impact what you're doing may have on you. And um, something hasn't really been around that long enough, anything, that can't show you like 100 years of results or more. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little roll in the dice. <laughs> you know, some people say, well, some people have face surgery or body surgery. And I'm like, yeah, because most of the time before this became a fashion, it was for survival for war, fire, you know, um, things of that nature where a person wanted to feel or look normal, somewhat decent, or somewhat not stared at in society again. But certain things had to happen um, in the emergency room or the, um, I forgot what you call that, unit when things for emergencies. Um, you know, so 
these things happen for a reason. Um, and of course, you know, you, you have some people that may bring up some dates or some history <laughs> that was, you know, a long time ago and say, well, they do something, you know, like, all right, you know. But still in all, <clears throat> you know, you're, you're turning something into something different, which wasn't that to begin with, and you're not, it's not being done naturally, um, which may, on the paradoxical understanding of this reality, will have that opposite effect on you in some way, sooner or later, somewhere down the line, in some form, whether it's minor, whether it's major, um, whether it's crippling, disabling, or detrimental. Um, if it's done naturally, you know, you lose weight, this and that, that's cool. It's, and, you know, it's a less, less of a caution. If it's done unnaturally, then, you know, that individual may be looking with a question mark. Um, you know, and I was looking at this topic and this understanding about certain things and you see individuals doing more and more whatever they want to do and as I said, you know, treating themselves like, oh, you know, as she said, Mr. Potato Head, but I'm just, you know, kind of being humorous about it. But it's, um, it plays an effect and I was saying, okay, and I said, damn, if everybody's doing that, say everybody's doing a whole bunch of people or more, 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 more people they become like really uh, noticeable, extremely noticeable, and they're in public like that a lot more. Because once in a while we may see people like that, like damn, that person's face, or you know, somebody has like fake lips or injected lips, or you know, sometimes their their body shape or something won't look right on them. You're like something looks kind of weird about that individual. Not weird, but something looks like it doesn't match. You know. Um, and I said, damn. I said, something hit me. I said, you know what? I said. What about if somebody wanted to genetically know who they came from or where they descended from? And what about if all the mirrors broke? There was no more mirrors. There was no more, you know, glass and for you to look at yourself and figure out who you are. You know, how will we know who our parents, how will we know who we are genetically connected to if we morph our face into something else that we wasn't born with? You know, so it's like this... This birth thing has a genetic um, mimicking thing or mirror, yeah, mimicking thing or copying thing, I guess you can say, to keep it more simple. It's like that for a reason why you look like or have certain traits of your mother or your father or both for a reason because it's, it's, it's letting you know where you came from. And... Actually, the first mirror, if you want to look at something, if all the mirrors and glass broke, let's just say, for example, hypothetically speaking, this reality, how would you know what you look like? Understand that the first mirror, the first mirror in this reality was water. You know, you were able to look into water or the sea or the river or something and see the reflection back at you and were able to see how you look or what you look like. And this body gives that copy of where you come from, making you look like something you come from or exactly where you come from um, to show not just the outer individuals of who you are, who you're connected to, what you look like, but also to show yourself who you are, what you look like, and where you come from. 
so you know if you start to trans if, if you start to transform your face into something and mutate yourself into something else different from how you looked naturally um how are you and for that fact anyone's supposed to find out where you came from or who you came from now and these are stay with us is to keep in mind it's not saying don't do it it's not saying do do it it's just saying hey this is just something to keep in mind this is another topic a doorway to play with and just to open up the mind and just see okay well that's a, a different angle no, shining, that's a different angle of light shining. On um, the topic of plastic surgery, you know, Botox, or skin bleach, you know, and having that effect, which is why a lot of people, that individuals that do that have a lot of uh, s- silent mind torturing. Like they feel unaccepted, or they never was, uh, not never, but they have a situation, I don't want to say a problem, but they may, have, they may have a situation that they don't accept their self or like their self or um, maybe something that they want to, you know, enhance about their self, somebody else that they may have loved or cared about may have pointed it out to them and made fun of it or made it worse. And we mentally t- torture ourselves after a while and then we do things to ourselves. So I, I think personally, you know, it comes from um, some form of self-hatred or self-unacceptance to some degree. And um, sickness or fashion becomes a, a certain kind of cross that help in a certain way when it comes to that kind of uh, resulting in things. Um, it's 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 something which is you know it's a sensitive subject to touch upon, um, but you know it's 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 a topic to talk about a certain way. You know, if you look you look like that for a reason. You look like your mother for a reason, in some way, in some form. Why is my skin doing that? Why is my face turning into that? Why is it that way? You know, and if I do otherwise, what are the effects from it? What is the impact it will play on on me? my mentality on top of what I've already what I already have. You know, so it's it's just that kind of thing to touch upon in a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I um I think that's an interesting thing because I know um I know a couple people who've gotten surgery from, like, um, I guess, comfort reasons, like, um, like remove, um, like, part of something or whatever um, because of, like, say, um, like, breast reduction and things like that. Um, So, like, I can... I can I can kind of see this from a few different places, um, you know. It's it's interesting too because I was just looking at different um, celebrities the other week, and it's funny because I'm not really someone who's big into looking at celebrities or really knows 
too many of them because I don't really follow stuff um, too closely or too deeply in certain aspects. But um, I was looking at this article that caught my attention. It was like um, different celebrity family members who are, you know, younger. They're like their, you know, of course, their descendants or whatever. And they look just like their um, their family member who was a celebrity. And um, I was just looking and I was wondering um, kind of what the article was saying and things like that. I think I just looked too because, you know, out of curiosity, but also because it's interesting to see, like, um, if you look at someone's life from what has been portrayed to look at um, someone who comes after them and see what they're into um, in some form, see how closely they relate to the other person um, that they're being compared to and things like that. But what I really did, like, a couple of the people I looked at, um, what what their relatives who you know are the lookalikes um, said about being compared to the other person, and one of them, you know, like or you know, it was it was more of like the the mother was speaking um, about the child who looked like one of the celebrities and. You know, it was, it was more of like a, like kind of a, I want to say negative thing, but it was more of like a, it seemed like it kind of freaked them out and brought up some discomfort, but also, you know, the fact that they they loved the child or whatever. And um, then the other person that I, I looked at, um, you know, they didn't think that they looked like their um, their grandparent or whatever that much. But, you know, of course, online you, you also see what other people have to say. Like people like, say, me, for instance, or whatever, if I were to comment on something and say, oh, you look just like blah, 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 or they look just like this person, Um I was looking at that. It was it was really interesting to see um, kind of what what things people hold on to, and I think that is kind of what you what you touched on too. With that, is like with the um, the feeling thing, like the either discomfort or whatever it is where people have insecurities about themselves and feel they need to um, change something. Like, you know, you might not, you might hate your relatives. Like, you might not know them. So you, you know, change yourself in some way. But, um, you know, it's, it reminds me of, like, um, as above, so below, as within, so without. People just kind of, um, you know, they alter their appearance based on what they're feeling sometimes. And like you mentioned, what, what you feel 
is um, often rooted, it's rooted in something, so it can be deeper rooted than you know. So, it, it, you know, if you're looking to do something like that, maybe confront what you're going through in a way, um, like find a way to try and try and deal with that in some way. I mean, I also, you know, everyone knows, like, some people alter their appearance because, you know, of course it makes them feel a certain way or they really, you know, maybe it's just something they want. But, you know, like you said, there's always um, effects that come, but, you know, it's always nice to have a piece of awareness but I can't speak from experience on that because I, I really don't desire to to do anything like that, and I don't know how it feels to to really want to do something like that. The closest thing that I could say is, at one point, I wasn't really um, I wasn't really as accepting of all of my body, like every part of my body, everything about everything, you know, and um, I do remember I just, you know, I had to, I had to be at peace with things. And that's just, that's just my experience where I desired to be comfortable with everything about who I am, even though um, things changed. And it's just like, you know, things will always be different, but, you know, there's some level of influence that the mind carries. So um, that's all I really had to say about that. Yeah, it's... um... I think certain things like that too as well, that root is, uh, I think, comparison or being introduced to the ideal so-and-so, according to the ideal so-and-so, or the ideal woman, or the ideal black woman, or the ideal white woman, or the ideal Indian woman, or the ideal uh, Afghanistan man, and the ideal structure and bone structure, you know, this is how we're supposed to look, this is how you're supposed to be, this is how you're supposed to talk, this is how you're supposed to dress, this is how, it's like, you know, it's like, but how are you now within that, and within this moment? And usually just fine, you know, but instead of trying, when somebody tries to be some, some something else's perception of beauty or um, I guess yeah, like this acceptance or somebody else's beauty or something else's acceptance. Um, the further we actually get away f- or get for all get away from reality, of certain things. Um, you know, and it, it's 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 a funny thing to touch upon that kind of uh you know, mindset and um, what people are actually doing to themselves. 
and it's become very fashionable, you know. It's, a lot of people see different people doing it, mostly celebrities or, you know, people that's known on TV and music or movies or whatever it may be. But understand, too, that, you know, it's camera as well with the lighting, it's the makeup. And um, that's not real. That's not you. And, you know, people are, they get caught up within the moment, which is why they have this slow motion thing on music videos and <laughs> slow motion thing on movies. And, and I tell people, you know, anybody could look nice if you put them in whatever haircut they want, whatever clothing they want, you know, and put them in slow motion. <laughs> like anybody who want to idolize somebody or you can put the best, the best clothing or the most fashionable clothing on them and give them the greatest haircut and greatest makeup and the perfect lighting on them and then take a picture and put them in the magazine. Anybody who looks nice standing still, mm. you know, if you put the nicest things on them, you know, we get caught in these delusional moments, um, not keeping in mind that there's a whole makeup set and makeup crew, makeup artists and production and lighting and, you know, um, behind these pictures or behind these shows or these movies or these, you know, videos, we, we get caught up in that glamorous or the glamour, you know, the the Maya, um, the so-called, quote-unquote, fashion, this reality. And it's like, wow, you know, that, that looks nice out. I always wanted to do it, I always wanted to do this. And, and it goes in on as well as people getting certain type of surgery, not just plastic surgery, but like the gastrointestinal thing. It goes mm-hmm. into deeper than the surface, which are the organs. You know, and certain people get a small waist now, but then they still have a lot of skin and flap on their arms, on their legs, behind their thighs. You know, it, it looks, you know, it, it may look a little somewhat, I guess you can say, disfiguring to some degree or to a certain type of body geometry that you wasn't born with or that would have naturally um, went into a a mutual uh, forming in different portions of the body if it was left alone and done in a natural process. So when we say, I want my waist to be like this, and then next month I'm going to put money on my on my chin because I want my chin to be like that and then next week I'm going to you know work on this on my nose or now that I do my nose I just want to make some fake eyelashes. I want to get some eyelash implants or some crazy shit, you know. <laughs> like what? <laughs> and, and, you know um next there's gonna be some other things. There's gonna be some type of coloring of the eye. You know, the eye contacts are gonna be Absolutely, one day, or we're going to be, that's going to be mm-hmm. old fashioned. People are going to want to color their actual iris. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an implanting thing for that, like a tattoo machine, but for the eyeball around the pupil. Right. You, know, you can yeah. see where things are going. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I had seen that um, permanent, permanent cosmetics or something like that. I had. Um, Few years ago, I was walking down the street. I'm like, "What is that?" <laughs> and so I looked it up. I'm like, "Is that what it sounds like?" So, yeah, people people get all that kind of stuff. But like you said, it does become an obsession where some people pick themselves apart, and you're just a whole another thing 
suicide, you know, it's, you know, it's like, um, like those things, those build a bear workshops or, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. Build a person, build a bear, robot. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. Hey. That, and when, when That's I, what you, know, you want. But, hey. And then, and I get it. I get it from a spiritual kind of essential point of view. Well, I'm not the body anybody, so who gives a damn? And I'm like, I agree exactly, 100% absolutely. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, are you are you prepared for the aftermath of what you're doing to this embodiment? What you're doing to this show? Are you are you prepared and are you okay with what with what might happen according to this? And you say, cool, yeah, I'm okay, I want to die, I want to Okay, cool, no doubt. I'm with you. Anyway, anybody, anyway, you talk to me from that point of view, uh, I got no I got nothing against that, absolutely, no doubt. No, but a lot of people do this and then certain things happen and then they cry later. And that's when that's where the friction mm-hmm. ends. And I was like, Wait, wait, hold on, don't you didn't you know or have an idea that something might go quote unquote wrong mm-hmm. um later on because everybody gets their impact surgery or certain things or certain Botox or whatever it may be or skin bleaching they're, they're warned by the person that's doing it they, they'll tell them something before or after or both so, you know this might happen that might happen so it's letting you know you know that happens I mean uh, you know, and certain things like, you know, they'll tell them the person doing the surgery won't tell them. Yeah. I've heard that some people who had surgery and they say, yeah, the doctor said that this might happen, that might happen. Or the surgeons, the surgery, whatever you want to call it, or her, they said this might happen, that might happen. But, you know, I'm okay with you. Look how beautiful I'm looking. I'm like, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I think you have to sign a contract or a waiver or something, like, you know. Anyway, yeah, because <laughs> the free casket, you know, with that. Uh, um, but yeah, just in case something goes wrong. Um, well, not lying. You know, like you said, yeah, exactly. A disclaimer type of thing. But hey. that's basically saying that you're in control of your own reality. When they say you're in control of your own destiny, so you're in control of your own reality, but it's you. You know, like play at your own risk. You know, have to video games. You play right. back and forth. Play at your own risk, or the laundry mat, wash your clothes at your own risk. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you're having your clothes are not responsible for in the dryer or the washing. Everything is saying, you, 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 you. Okay. So, you know, it's it's you know it's it's, it's uh, people that don't want to take or accept the aftermath of these things that happen. You know, is it unfortunate? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not here to like take sides. We're not this is not what this podcast is about. So it's like, you know, um whatever I may think in my mind privately and personally is to me, but I know how to deal with it privately within myself. You know. I get mad at certain things, yeah, you know, happy certain things, sure. You know, but um I don't let that override the point that there is no side to take anyway to begin with. I quickly come back to the awareness in the middle of myself and, you know, reboot. No, but, um, I don't know. 
an interesting uh, thing to touch upon. That's why I was, you know, it started with that whole thing, you know, you you look like other things before you or prior to you that were genetically connected to you for a reason. You know, but why is that reason? Why do I look like my mother? Why do I look like my father? Why do I look like some kids come out looking like their grandparents? You know, it's like, well, yo, or the grandparent that may have transitioned or the uncle or aunt that may have transitioned or something or anything. You come out looking like that. It's like, damn, what the hell? So, but why, you know? And that's whether you're questioning and want the answer or not and get the answer or not doesn't matter because it is what it is. It is as it is. You are that way. And, you know, maybe it's like, it's like this for a reason for you to even find out where you are within yourself or who you are connected to, for you to go on your own mission, your own journey of who you may look like to find out who you're connected to. And what happens if you take all those looks away and there's nobody around and just hypothetically speaking, how are you going to find who you're connected to or how is anybody going to connect you and relate you to somebody that you look like if you take all your looks away? So, because there's somebody that I know that, um, that they know with grandparents or something like that, or, or grandmother, grandparents will say, and then one of the grandparents, they didn't, they never met, something like that, and they wanted to know how they looked in certain ways or this and that, and, and I told them, well, how the grandparent look you look like. You know, so whether you go meet them in person, I know about them or not, they're on you genetically. They look like you in some form, so they're a part of you. If you look in the mirror, you know, you um, make that connection because it's like them looking at themselves from a spiritual point of view. You don't have to find out what they look like. Just look in the mirror. You are what they look like. You know, so yeah. from these little personal point of views, kind of, that, you know, it, it, it makes it mimics it for a reason. For for some reason, we don't fucking know. It's just memory. The skin is a memory. The flesh is memory. We know that, you know. But why does it do that? We can say, yeah, memory. Okay, but deeper than that, why why does that happen? These are things that you don't really, or I'm not going to say you don't really play with, but if you do play with it, just have a, be aware and have a uh, deep understanding the more you, uh, play with something that isn't supposed to be played with or try to change something that doesn't change on its own, be aware of what you're doing. And um, accept the consequences of what may unfold after. That's um, that's all I'm going to say with that. Um, but of course, do whatever you please, do whatever you want, you know, to yourself. I'm not here to say don't do it, I'm not here to say do, go and do it. But you know, my only thing is just, you know, how we are you? Mm-hmm. That's what boils down to the conversation. <clears throat> um, and how much knowledge of what you're doing do you have of it? So, yeah, things like that. Um, yeah, I guess the, um, the next doorway is there's nothing more self-convincing 
than your own results. There's nothing more self-convincing than your own results. It basically means, what I meant by that is, in order, in, instead of accepting someone else's results on certain things in life, be your own test on me. Experiment on yourself. Be real to yourself so that that which is really real is the realest it can be to you. You know, instead of taking someone's else word for it, someone's else experience for it, and saying, yeah, that sounds true, that's this and that's that. And it may sound good, and you may relate with it, you may find yourself familiar with what they're saying, you may find a relative to how you're living and how what's going on within your reality and what you're doing. But there's nothing more self-convincing. There's no more of a satisfaction of when you're actually doing something to yourself. That's how you actually self-convince yourself, and that convincing is the most realist aspect to you. It's most closest to you. It's most related to you and works for you the best when you do that thing, whatever you want to find out if it's true, whatever you want to find out is true or is real, is when you do it to yourself. Nothing more self-satisfying, self-convincing than your own results. You know, because also you want to do that too because it's something that has to not listen to somebody else or what they're doing, what happened to them. If it's meditation or whatever it may be, but you're doing it to yourself because you have something unique and rare within you that may speak to you or communicate to you and happen for you and to you according to who you personally and privately are. That is separate from anyone else and anything else. So you have to hear your own calling. You have to be uh, in contact and in connection with that which you are in order for that most deepest aspect to speak to you and through you and communicate to you exactly what you need to know about yourself. So, you know, and if you do, you get it's like seeing somebody else's kid and saying, well, damn, you know, how was how the parent? You ask the parent, the mother, you know, how was it being like a mother? Well, the mother's like this, and, you know, if this happens, and you, know, you got to take off in time, you know, for a child, and they have to laying around, and you, know, you got to get food for them and make food for them and spend time with them. You know, it's a little here and there, exhausting somewhat here and there, but, you know, as long as you're having fun with it, you know, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, wow, you know, you may have somebody else's child. Um, and they have, like, a cousin's, a cousin's son or your cousin's daughter, you know, you're watching them or whatever. And it's like, okay, for your sister or your brother, you're watching their child and, you know, until they get back or whatever cases, babysitting and, you know. But at the end of that day, you got to give it back to the parent. So it's not like you're a parent. You know, you're just watching them and you're, you're, you're basically a supervisor. You're supervising the child and watching over them and, but you're not actually a parent. And when you go back home by yourself and you pass the child back to their parent from babysitting, you're not a parent. So until you become a parent, until you experiment on yourself, then you'll know what parenting is like. A parent is not watching somebody else's child. A parent is actually having a child around you. And some people, this, this, this thing can go different ways, this conversation, because some people may say, well, you know, I adopt a child. And um, <clears throat> that's when we have to look at certain definitions of what a parent is. Or maybe maybe a definition of parent and mother, two different, def- two different definitions. I don't know. I never looked it up. 
Um, I'm sure one definition they have to have of something which is somebody who takes care of a child and one that lives with them and stays with them and they grow up and they raise them some type of degree or something like that. Some, somewhere along those lines, the definition has to be. And there has to be another definition as one who gave birth to him or her or the child which is genetically connected to the mother. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not here to call you a parent or you're not a parent or you're not a real mother or you are a mother or you're not. I don't even care. I'm just talking about experimenting on yourself, you being your own convincer or convincing thing. You making that which you have heard about or that which you are around or that which you have done the most realist to you. That which you have read about or heard about or heard someone else say, you know, or tapped into or may have did, but it's not really authentically, you know, coming from you. If you want to see what that's like, then that experiment has to come from you in order to be the most self-convinced mind in that experiment. And that's what makes it most real to you, you know. Even the form of meditation, you know, meditation is like this, meditating is like this, make you think this way and feel this way and be this way and be that way and act this way. It's like, okay. You know, and you can get a certain high and use your imagination of what somebody else is or what somebody else is saying, explaining a certain thing a certain way. And it's still not real and authentic to you because you're not the one which experienced it. But once you experience it, then it becomes a whole different story, you know, totally different thing. Because now it's actually you speaking to you prime from your own personal experience. Now what somebody has relayed to you, some information somebody relates to you, something you've read or seen, you know, you've actually experienced it. So that's the greatest convincing or self-convincing route, that um, self-convincing route to go. When you actually experience it yourself, not from it sounding good and sounding smart and sounding intellectual from somebody else's mouth and their personal experience, which you didn't have a personal experience with. You know, and um, it has to go through your lens, through your experience, through your peace of the mind to make that thing more personal, more real to you, that is most realist within you. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's funny because to me it kind of goes back to the last, the last doorway you opened with the, um, you know, the plastic surgery thing. It's like you could read all the reviews and there could be 50 people who got the same exact surgery and then there's just that one sliver of a chance you go in get the same exact surgery and something, you know, you look completely different from all those other people that went in before you. You go to the same doctor and everything or surgeon and, you know, you could have completely different results. And it's just like, um, you know, eating a certain food or something. You have a different palate than other people like you know they they could taste more salt in something or might taste more salt and you know who knows maybe you don't really 
put too much seasoning on your food. And then, um, you know, you go in to taste something and it, you know, it's too much for you. It could be something like that. Um, even what you were saying about meditation, you know, someone could do meditation after their run or whatever. They go running every week and then they go do their meditation they experience it one way, but then you meditate after a quiet day of just not doing too much, you're going to have a totally different experience than that other person because the way they describe meditation might be something way different than how you experience it or feel it to be. So everyone has their own set of experiences, their own set of um, ways that things communicate to them and and through them. And it's going to be everything. Um, everything is relative in a certain sense, um, personally. I mean, you know, you hear that to people. Like, I want this to be real. With, I, want, I want this to be real to me. I want it to be real to me. You know, I want to feel it. I want to understand what it's like. You know, I want to experience it. I want it to be real to me. It's like, well, you have to do it. You know, we're, we're used to finding cheat codes. <laughs> or, um, you know, the shortcut to grandma's house. These fairy tales. <laughs> Always trying to find the quickest route. That's why we have GPS. You know what I'm saying? All these things uh, subconsciously train or subliminally train the subconscious mind to finding the shortest way to it or the halfway to it or the, you know. And it's like, no, you have to do it, you know. And then once you do it, you know, it, yes, you become the most convinced. Um, but then you also, too, inspire yourself. You know, it's self-inspiring. It pushes you to do more things or to uh, accomplish more things that you want to accomplish. But you won't know that until you do it. Uh, even with fasting, whatever, oh, that's, that's good, it's not that in this. I want to do that, you know, how, how does it feel? How do you feel? It's like, well, do it. Why are you asking me? What's stopping you from mm-hmm. doing it? Because uh, maybe I want to ask you, how did how was your experience? Instead of you just asking me, there's only two people here and only one experience. Why don't we both experience it? Why don't we share each other's stories with each other? Why am I the only one giving you my side? And if it's caught your interest, why aren't you doing it? You know, so... People want to feel, basically, they want to live vicariously through something else. Mm. And that's another thing, even with music, even with movies. Oh, I want to live their lifestyle. I want to do it. You know, it's like this, what the f- mm. Why are you trying to get the most out of something? Trying to squeeze 10% out of something and wanting to make that your 100% reality. Mm. <laughs> it's like, wait, what are you talking about? Looking at a one-dimensional screen, if you touch that screen right now, you can't touch nobody. You can't touch that tree in the background or that car driving by. 
want to keep it third dimensional. Don't short. Don't shorten yourself. Right. I don't want to look through you. It's like no. <laughs> no. <laughs> live through you. That's what you're here for. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of things, a lot of things see that even TV shows, and look at cooking shows or certain things, like, oh, this tastes, you hear people talking on the TV, oh, this tastes really great talking to the chef. And you're looking at the food and TV, like, damn, that looks like it tastes good, you know. And I was like, how do you know? You didn't even taste it. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're living, living through people's uh, ideas of things, we're living through people's stories, we're living through a one dimensional screen, we're believing other people's advice, living by other people's opinion. Like carelessly trying to live through someone else's life. It's everything mm-hmm. to make this third dimensional being, which is you, a one dimensional flat piece of surface, which is illusional. Anything and everything to keep you from your third dimensional interaction. Mm-hmm. Anything to keep you from you not experimenting on your own and seeing your own results, which is the best way because it's that thing speaking to you and through you, which is the best thing, the best relationship you can have with that thing that you want to find out. Mm-hmm. Why believe it through something else? And I tell people, it's, you know, belief does not exist only within you know, some type of, you know, I guess you say religious quarters, temples, mosques, you know, Whatever may be, church, I don't know, love that. I think we won't go right to it once again. It's your thing, it's your thing, it's cool. Oh, any type of belief structure. If you believe that person on the TV, you know, you're religious. If you believe somebody said that food was good, you're religious. Why not go taste it for yourself? Why believe with someone else that they may be going through some misery, like some people in relationships would take other people's advice? And that person may be talking about somebody that you care about, and you'll go listen to that person, and that person doesn't even know you're made personally. You know them more than they know them, but you listen to them. We want to live through others, but we don't want to live through ourselves. So, we're actually imbuing other people's, we're making other people third dimensional and in return we're turning ourselves into a fucking cartoon. And then you wonder why you can't take yourself seriously. Mm. Because you have one from a serious thing to a non-serious thing with your own doing. Right. And that's addicting, too, like how the um, surgeries are, because then you uh, get used to consulting people outside of yourself to um, reflect on your experience when they can't even reflect on what's truly happening within you. They don't know. You're the only one who really knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. You're closer to that person than they are. Depends for some reason they listen to the other person. 
A lot of people find themselves in situations, funny situations like that, where somebody else will say something about somebody else. And then that person that you tell your story to will find themselves with the one that you're no longer with. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Mm. Well, agendas. Mm-hmm. Best friend, family, doesn't mean shit. This is human nature. There's nobody above the other. Nobody. Mm. So just being aware of who we talk to, communicate to, and uh, I wouldn't suggest or recommend anybody to do anything else because you have a vehicle to live through. It's called your mind. It's called your body. It's called your experience. This is the vehicle to live through. Everything mm-hmm. else is a cartoon. So the more you you life give validation and attention and confirmation to a cartoon, the more that cartoon starts to become the real life and the more the real life that which was you turns into a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Right. You become a simulation, you become a video game. Mm-hmm. You gave them life. Now you're left with none. Everything is looking to vampire, feed and feast, off of anything that is pure life willing to feed it. And feeding it is giving it attention. That's the food source. Giving it more attention than you're giving yourself. Looking outward more than you're looking inward or seeking inward. Looking outward more than you're seeking inward. Validating the then and there rather than confirming the here and now. You know, and things happen whether you're aware of it or not, whether you're conscious of it or not. That's just how this reality unfolds on its own. It happens. You cannot stop it. It is what it is. You know? um, It's not the rules that we're making. It just is what it is. So, okay. Next random doorway is the one main relationship that you create and that creates itself is life. The one main relationship, the one main relationship that you create and that creates itself is what you know as life. So in other words, when it comes to understanding of what we call relationship, you know, like you think breaking up with your mate is hard? You think breaking up with your wife or your husband or your girlfriend or your boyfriend is hard? Hmm. Wait until you have to break up with life or when you have to part with life or being alive. 
And this is, this validates the very reason why individuals are fearful of quote-unquote death. Being fearful of death means that you never understood the relationship between you and life. See, we have these disguises or these coverings of one thing on another, and we give it a title and we call it fear or some other word, but it's actually you not realizing that there's a relationship creating itself in the moment, and there's a relationship that you are withholding or that you are creating as well or participating in and volunteering in as well, whether you know it or not. It's called existence. It's called being live, called life, or some people may call it. There's a relationship between you and this existence. You can break it up with your mated heart. You can break it up with your spouse's heart. Sure. That's people who are on their dying that what they're going through. And those that don't want to accept death, a natural thing, are going through within their mind and their heart and their energy. What hell are they going through that don't want to accept what has to be accepted? What has to be understood, what has to be embraced, they're not accepting it, understanding it, or embracing it. Ask that individual what they're going through. Every other relationship, even with family, a spouse, anything, an animal, whatever it may be that you created a relationship with, and you think, well, I parted from my dog, you know, I died it this year or this year or that year, or my family member or my spouse or my wife or my husband, it was hard and this and that. You don't know no relationship or breakup until you start to part from life. So what does that tell you? That tells you that your relationship with this reality is the most important, most intense relationship that you can ever have in existence. And until you understand the relationship that you have with this existence, you don't know about relationship. Relationship with people and things, minuscule, doesn't mean shit. The greatest and most powerful relationship is this reality. This is why some people go kicking and screaming and don't want to leave. Scared to die. Don't want to step into that unknown space. That just shows you're not willing to break up it. That just shows that there's a relationship that's present. That you weren't knowledgeable of. That you didn't acknowledge. That you didn't even know what's going on. You didn't even know the relationship of life was going on. <laughs> it's all involved with Tom, Dick, and Harry, Jane, Beth, and Jill. And all these other people and different individuals you think. And your dog and your cat and your animal and your family. And it, that shit don't mean shit to shit. <laughs> The most greatest reality or the most greatest relationship you can have is with life, is with this reality. And until you are able to part from that or have an understanding of parting or preparing for that parting, and you've never accepted, understood, and adjusted to what a true relationship is, relationship, the truest relationship has nothing to do with people, places, and things. Mm. Nothing. It has all to do with 
being live in this reality. Living, quote unquote, living a life or the life that is living. Or living life. That's the greatest relationship. That's why other relationships come and go. As you look at it, other relationships come and go. I just want to say this. Other relationships come and go. People come and go. Family members, spouses, everybody comes and goes. Animals, pets, things come and go. But throughout all those relationships that come and go and disintegrate and disappear and become history in the history pages, what relationship remains throughout all those other relationships that disappear? <laughs> mm-hmm. What relationship do you have to have in order to have a relationship with other things? What relationship has to exist in order for you to play and participate in other human relationships and animal and this and that relationships? What has to be present in order for that to even happen or for that to even be real or to be present itself? Hmm. The relationship with life. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Just like people say they can't live without someone or something. And then they end up living without the thing, without the person. Uh, it's like, oh, what happened? So where are you now? What's going on? But, um, you know, yeah, that, and it just reminds me of when people are um, close to death, like not necessarily on the deathbed, but either um, immobile or unable to do things the way that they were before, you know, then it's it's like you're really brought to that place of reflection and, um, you know, you really get to see what, um, what life, means for the person sometimes you know sometimes they just want to go at that point but it's like you know before you get to that point what does it mean like what is you know what do things really mean um you know some people you know doesn't really mean anything but and that's okay but is it okay <laughs> um, I don't have anything else to say about that. Absolutely, because what is okay when it's reflected back upon you in your own personal judgment, somebody's personal judgment, it may not be okay, but it doesn't mean just because it's not okay that it isn't okay. It sounds kind of weird at the moment. Somebody that may not be really grasping what I'm saying, what's being said. What is okay, according to your standards, may not be okay, but just because it's not okay doesn't mean that it isn't okay. Mm-hmm. It's based upon your judgment, personal judgment, things, understanding your standards. But this is reality, and reality doesn't care how you think about it. It is just as it is. Whether you accept it, understand it, have wisdom of it, acknowledge it, adjust to it or not, that's your problem. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything. 
cosmic forces and the powers that be and all these things, the invisible realm, the intangible reality, it has no personality, like I was saying before. The mind has no mind of its own. It's not doing something to aggravate you or agitate you or get on your nerves or piss you off or get you mad or drive you insane. This is all you doing this to you. This is the program that you set in place to reflect back upon you to put you in a specific position and state of mind. This all comes with certain things like responsibility. You don't take no responsibility. So you say, oh, you know, somebody's going to get them. You know, some, they'll, they'll pay for that. They'll pay for that. Or leave it up to God or leave it up to, you know, the demons or the devil or something. You know, they're going to pay for that in hell. And, uh, and you don't think some people were praying to God and a lot of things that happened at the moment that they were in the gas chamber or somebody was being burned or put gasoline on them before somebody put a match to them or had their brains blown out when the burn was to their temple or was about to be stabbed and prayed to God to, to appear and we just got stabbed, died, yeah. transition, and nothing appeared. <laughs> this is you. Mm. You have to take control of you. There's nothing coming to save you. And if something is coming to save you, it is you coming to save yourself. Yes, things can happen with the manipulation of mind if you know how to play with these forces and different dimensions of mind and different states of mind and certain things of that nature, how to align certain things or to have certain things in a certain kind of alignment. And to make certain things happen, sure, absolutely. It's not magic. It's just certain things that you have access to in this reality that can make things happen in certain different dimensions of this reality. According to your need, want, you know, feeling, real. Yeah, certain things may happen. Some mysterious things may happen. Some phenomenal things may happen that you can't explain. It just happens. Things happen. Well, if you don't really have a true knowledge of it, then it's by chance. It's not really a definite or guaranteed thing to happen in your favor. Mm. No, so it's um, it's actually having control of your reality. And of course, true control is no control. The true control is just having the knowledge of certain things and how to manipulate certain kind of forces to make things align in your favor. At certain points, perfect timing, strong need, a strong want, a strong desire, strong uh, envisioning, imagination, principles of this nature make things mysteriously appear or happen or mysteriously manifest. It's real. You know, but, um, being in touch with these things personally goes back to the other doorway to test upon. Self-convincing is the best results when you are self-experimenting. Do it. Play with these forces. See what occurs. See what happens. See what appears. See what manifests. But you have to do it. 
You have to be real about what you're doing. It's not about memory and thinking about it. It's not just about that. It's about really being real to yourself, what you truly want. In order to know what you truly want, you have to know who and what you truly are. This is homework. This is homework that you have to do on yourself. One thing religion has got correct, or one of the things religion has got correct, even though it came from a, you know, it came from a true foundation, um, is know thyself. You have to know yourself. That's one of the subliminal truths within that lane of way of understanding things. Even though that way of understanding is used for certain human agendas to put certain people in certain positions and things like that, but you know, once I ask you certain things, too much garbage, I don't want to get into too much of that. Um, but it's not garbage, it's just, I just, I'm not getting into that at the moment. Maybe one, one day we'll touch upon the topic of that aspect, but right now it's just random. Um, you just have to make that which you think is real, real to you. How do I do that? Experiment on yourself. Experiment with the forces. Experiment with things. Experiment with life. Experiment with your mind. Experiment with your body. Experiment with your reality. Make that which you think or what you feel and know to be real, really real to a realest point to yourself. You have to be the testimony for yourself. This is how you know you're not the body. You're using the body as a vehicle, a walking chemistry kit. That's what the embodiment is, a walking chemistry kit. Use this walk, this chemistry kit on two legs to put through transformations and metamorphoses and mutations to see what this thing is about. And since it is a reflection of you, it will be most realist to you. You will have the most greatest understanding. You will get or receive the most greatest understanding of it because you're keeping it personal and private. It's the closest to you, which is you. So just understand the one main true realist relationship you can have in this reality, which is life itself. It is, that is the relationship. You know, it's not people, not pets, not family. It's you with yourself and then yourself with this life or this reality. That's it. It has the same components. You're afraid to break up with this person, isn't it? That's why people f- fear death. They're afraid to, they're afraid to break up with life. This is the realest relationship you can have and the most biggest impact of a relationship that can have on you and will have the most greatest effect on you. Once you understand the first relationship, the main relationship, the foundation of all structures of any relationship after it, then it is what it is. Then you can involve yourself in any other secondary relationship that the first relationship gives you access to, and access to having, access to experiencing. 
once you understand the primary experience. So, guess the uh, next doorway is don't get high or wouldn't be wise to get high off of spirituality or that which is mystical. You don't get high off of that which is mystical. It can give a certain kind of highness about it or can display a certain kind of highness to it. Um, Because spirituality is a certain kind of high. It can be that way. It can be received that way. It becomes addicting. It becomes addicting after a while. No, it's like, okay, well, anything can become a drug, even spirituality, or what people may know as or call as spirituality can become a drug. And the reason why it can be or has the potential to become a drug-like thing, have a drug-like kind of effect on you. Is because you are constant with it. You have turned it into a habit. You have turned it into something that you constantly rely on in order to have some sanity. And knowing the real reality that all this is an illusion anyway, because what you may call spirituality or the spirit or the soul, these are titles that you are putting on something which doesn't have a title to begin with. You're giving a name to something which doesn't have a name to begin with. You're putting a label on something which doesn't have a label to begin with. These are all just descriptions of dimensions or descriptions of energies or descriptions of that which is unknown to give it an image to make it kind of known to you. There's no need to put a name onto something which doesn't have a name. The more you put a name on it, that name relates to this reality, that reality name, or that name relates to this history, that history has this image, this image has this story about it, that story has this mythology behind it. And you start to make something which is not physical something which is physical, (laughs) which is truly not physical to begin with. You get high off of it, it becomes like a drug. So yes, you can get high off of spirituality, not off off the... thing that doesn't have a name that is identified as spirituality or the spirit or spiritual nature. Not off of that, because that can never be named, labeled, or titled. But the name, label, and title itself, and saying it's this way and it's that way. And it's actually, you know, people start to worship these things. The only reason why we start to worship these kind of categories is because we're thinking less of ourselves. As you think about it, why are we putting these things on certain kind of pedestals and platforms and these, these high kind of way of looking at things and put them on a high structure and a high this and a high that and so great and so powerful is because we're thinking less and less of ourselves. Because if you put yourself at these high degrees and anything that is known as a high degree doesn't mean, shouldn't mean anything to you. 
if you see yourself as something magical and powerful, and they say, well, guess what? This thing right here, this is called this, and this thing is magical and powerful. You're going to be like, and? I'm magical and powerful. What the hell does that mean to me? It doesn't mean anything to me. You see, so it's the more you start to worship something, the more you get away from the worshiping of yourself or the worshiping of energy and principality itself. The more you become physical, the more you become solid. The more you become trapped in third dimensional reality. From something which isn't third dimensional but was given a third dimensional sound, which is a name. Third dimensional sound, which is a title. A third dimensional sound, which is a, a label. A third dimensional foundation, which is a history or a past or a mythology. So you bring something which isn't dense into something which is dense. And even though you bring it into something which is, which is dense, it still remains in its non-dense state. doesn't matter if you bring it to a dense state. See, so, until this thing which is not dense is accepted as its non-dense nature, no matter how dense it becomes, it still doesn't mean anything. It does not get dense and cannot become dense. So this is why we become addicted to this thing called spirituality and get high off of it. We have made something which is not dense into something which is dense illusionally. Reflect on that if you like. Um, I didn't want to add anything to that. I, I think you said it succinctly. Disagree with that. Like anything you keep running back to, having to have a taste for. having to run back to it, having to touch it all the time, or having to be around it all the time. You're creating an addiction. Which means that you're turning that thing, which wasn't a drug to begin with, into a drug. So, once again, just certain things to keep in mind. Okay. So... I guess the uh, next random doorway is about two or three more. Um, you know, back in the Gnostic scripture, and I guess you can call it ancient times if you want to say. Um, the Gnostics seen the human body as something which is 
filth or disgusting. Um, an entrapment of some sort. You know, of putting something which doesn't exist in time inside of something which does kind of play or exist within time, which is what we call the body or the embodiment or a physical image, which was the thing you could see in a mirror. And this was known at some time by a very spiritually in touch sector of people or dealing with the essence and principles called Gnostics under the term Gnosticism. This reality, this life was known as something horrific, something disgusting. The body is disposable. This is a trap. And this is according to others' perception of this reality, according to what they were going through at that time or what they were, or the forces that they were in touch with, or the principles that they were experimenting with and becoming aware to, or the subliminals that they were communicating with within their, within their self, within their mind, their experience, the privacy of their mind and their reality. And they seen the human body, whether male or female, as a disgusting thing. And entrapping something, basically, I guess you can say the soul or spirit, like something, entrapping something which shouldn't be trapped in something. And that's what they call the human body. So, if you look at it, even if you look at it, to be real with you, Anytime you see or understand the concept of jail or jail cell or whatever it may be, what is the punishment? The punishment is known as doing time. We, in this body or as this body that we reflect or project as, this is the doing of time. So the punishment is doing time. But we are the doing and the being doing time, doing of time. We are the being doing of time, doing the time. As the time is doing itself. So even if you look at the punishment in this reality as doing time, this body is time doing. Relating to the ego and the ego body or the, the embodiment, the physical presence, the skin or the flesh is the, I guess, quote-unquote, imprisoning or the prism. The prisoning Prism, not prison, P-R-I-S-M, prism. It's related to the same word as prison, P-R-I-S-O-N. See, so, or the pre-sun. You know, that which was before the light, 
the light being the body, that was before the light, which is the darkness, the darkness being entrapped within the light realm. That's why it's called pre-sun or prison. Prison. The prism. P-R-I-S-M is the doing of time. Priming or the crystallization of an uncrystallized phenomenon. You, which is why you get that whole Christ thing and this and that and the Christ effect and Christ consciousness and whatever people, this whole new thing. We always have these new phrases and these new words for shit that's fucking old and doesn't mean it's like, oh, you didn't know that, you know. It's always like some new term or some new label or name for something to make something which is ancient look modernly cute. So it's nothing but a crystallization of an uncrystallized phenomenon. That's what this disembodiment is. Or what you call death, <clears throat> death is the decrystallizing phenomenon of a mysterious crystallization or crystallized thing. See, you create your own time. What do you mean I create my own time? No, time is going, it's passing. It's like, no. Mm -mm. You create your own time. What passes, what you say passes or what's passing is not time. It's just a kind of forwarding. You are a chaos being a kind of chaotic beingness. Because if you look at it, when you're in states of misery, depression, and stress, time goes by slow. When you're happy, loving, and blissful, time goes by fast. It seems to go by this way, or you make it go by this way. Time is an element, which means it can be touched, it can be manipulated like fire, air, from water, to some degree. You may have some type of manipulation on these forces. Time is also an element, which we learned about the physics. So which means that you can also manipulate this as well, which means that there is no such thing as time. Just the only thing is something which is forward or something which is forwarding itself or de-forwarding or a-forwarding of something which we cannot describe. But it's not time, because time is yours. You create your own perception of time. You are a chaos being. You're not a time being. Like I said before, time exists within the body, age exists within the mind. There's a difference between time and age. Age has nothing to do with the birthday. It has nothing to do with numbers. Age is related to experience and wisdom. Time, what we know as time or are familiar with time, is something which the body is encapsulated within, which makes it go through different transformations, which we call aging. But age exists within the mind. It has nothing to do with numbers and birthdays. It's just experience and wisdom. That's what age means. Not a birthday cake or a birthday candle. 
has nothing to do with that. There's just a forwarding moving forward. We control our time. We determine our time play. Like I said before, stress, aggravation, all this other stuff, depression, misery. This is how we determine what time wave we want to play in. Days go by slow. It takes forever for 24 hours to pass when you're miserable. When you're happy, when you're loving or in love, when you're blissful or ecstatic, whatever it may be. It's like, damn, where did the time go up? The whole day passed. Or a whole week passed. Or a whole month passed. Or a whole year passed. Damn, is it ready this year? Wow, okay. So these states of mind or states of feeling determine your speed of quote-unquote time. So what is that saying? That's saying that you control your time capsule. Time doesn't exist by itself. That which is forward is the existing thing. And as this forward goes forward or stays within this forwardness, certain things happen to this embodiment. It goes through certain stages of, of unlayering or what people may know or may call as deterioration or wrinkling or whatever how they may call it, I don't know. But this goes through certain processes and stages of transformation, which some people may call age. It's not the same. Age and time, time and age, two different things. They can call it the ice age. They're not calling it the ice birthday. As you can see, ice age is not calling it the birthday of ice. It's obvious. So we say, damn, age has nothing to do with numbers like that. It's just a certain type of transformation that the earth or the plane that we exist in went through. It went through a certain maturity or a certain type of one thing to the next, which actually has to deal with or do with experience, a certain kind of wisdom or wising into that this reality or this plane of existence has went into or transformed into from one stage to the next. Because obviously this planet or this realm or this earth, whatever you want to call it, is still here. It just went from one stage to the next. So how does that have to do with aging? I mean, how does that have to do with time? A certain error is something different. Because breaking these things down in different categories where they belong, not exactly intermeshing one into the other without having understanding of one individual by itself or one individual thing by itself, one individual category by itself before you intermesh these things into one another, before you blend these things into one another. Even if you blend colors and they may turn into a different color, remember they turn into that different color only because these one colors are one color by themselves. Only because the color blue is blue and the color red is red and the color purple is purple that they blend into a different kind of color. They only blend into a different kind of color because they are their own color, their self. Are you understanding these own different categories of this reality by itself before you connect it all together? 
That's the realization that you receive from it. That's the awareness that has to make that and activate that and make that happen. You have anything to reflect on that? Well, a couple of phrases came to mind, but um, nothing else outside of that. Uh, one was, you know, when you were speaking on um, creating your own time, and um, you know how people say they're the life of the party. It kind of um, reflects on what you were saying about, you know, you create the time and speaking on like. You know, you you can be depressed in a time and things like that. Like, um, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. But otherwise, um, you know, the the phrase when people say, "I have all the time in the world," um, it just reminded me and reflected on what you what you were saying. Mm-hmm. I find that very interesting how the punishment in this reality is doing time. That should hit me very <laughs> interesting. When it hit me, I was like, oh, shit, mm. yeah, Why is punishment doing time? Why are we doing time already in this body? And that's what kind of related to the whole narcissism aspect. And I was like, oh, shit, that's why they said this whole body, this human reality is a fucking wasteland. Mm. The body is a waste product. They felt like they were trapped within a time vehicle, encapsulated within a time uniform or a time costume. And that's why there was certain things, like when they had certain type of uh, orgies or a certain type of sexual um, festivals, whatever they were doing, orders, or they were doing certain shit. When somebody got pregnant, they got rid of the child, or and they killed the child. There's some wild shit they did, or not even wild, I mean, I judge it. There's certain things that they did according to their understanding of this reality. They got rid of the child or got rid of the baby or, you know, threw it off a cliff mm-hmm. or just closed up it or something like that because they felt what the mother was feeling. They had felt something because of her connection to it, which is natural. The ones mm-hmm. or the high priestess or the, master, or the, the mastering of a certain type of principle was saying, no, you can't have that child because you're imprisoning another spirit. Mm-hmm. So it kind of ties and makes sense according to that understanding of how they were understanding or those individuals were understanding this reality and why they called it what they called it and why they went about how they went about things. Mm. And I was like, why is punishment doing time for others? Why does somebody have to see something as, why is the punishment doing time? Mm. I get it. You know, so... Even that's just like a, a dead giveaway. <laughs> right. Even as a kid, if you're doing time out or something. Um. There you go, exactly. <laughs> in the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. 90 degrees. The angle mm-hmm. is in the corner. The nine, mm-hmm. the most high, you, know, you may call the most high, and zero being the no number and the only number. You know, it's like it's so, it's mm-hmm. so wild how you look at this shit, and I was like, oh, wow, I was... This is some really other shit. What the fuck? Like some parents may be doing shit and don't even know that they're, that they're doing Gnostic mysticism on you and just, just maybe call it parent and child punishment, but don't really know that they're getting that shit from a whole different type of... 
Hmm. Not even explain right. why the genetic structure is even doing that. They think it's just some human shit. Like, you're bad. You, know, you didn't listen to them. But they don't even understand, yeah. like, yo, what the... You know, while people, people got put in the corner and was punishment, and it was punished with the dunce hat, the dunce. Oh, uh, yeah. On your head. Remember, it's the corner mm-hmm. of the hat, the hat that has a little mm-hmm. sharp point, and then you're in the sharp corner. Right. It's wild. Nine, the 90-degree angle plus the 90-degree hat on top of the angle. Nine plus nine is 18. Mm-hmm. 18 is six plus six plus six, which is six, six, six. Mm-hmm. The carbon, the corner, the darkness, the shadow. It's wow. Like, whoa. Good. And then our punishment was remaining still and doing nothing. But if you look at it, real true enhancement and high power is actually standing still and doing nothing. Mm-hmm. How is that the punishment? <laughs> Wow. And it's funny because when you're doing nothing, it's like that's when a lot of things come to you. That's when the most things come to you, like mischievous kids, like <laughs> the crazy the crazy ideas you come up with, creative things mm-hmm. to do. Like that's when you think of the most stuff when you're not doing anything. Exactly. That relates to the episode we touched upon earlier, one of the earlier episodes based upon boredom. You know, boredom is the spark mm-hmm. of creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, boredom, bottom, rock bottom, we touched upon that in the earlier episodes, one of the earlier episodes. And that's how when you're bored, you know, you just get creative on shit. Absolutely. You know, ties into what you're saying and validates what the earlier episodes get into, we touched upon, so... Absolutely. You know, it always falls back into the beginning or primary point of something. Right. Yes, absolutely. Funny thing. Funny thing. Okay. The next doorway, the next random doorway is knowledge shared and passed from one mind to the next personalizes itself to personally and privately fit into the other's mind's know-how and the other mind's own private perception of reality in order to fit into that mind's perceptual knowledge of life. So when you hear something from somebody and it makes sense to you, like, that should make sense to me. I can relate with that. I find that relative to my reality. I can connect with that. For some reason, that just makes perfect sense to me. I get it. I get what that person is saying. I get what that person is showing. Knowledge itself is something which personalizes itself in your mind. Like something you may say, I may relate with, and I'm like, damn, that's just, that's, that, I get that. And... It's according to your own personal perception of life and experience and reality, but how did it perfectly fit into my perception at that moment? And knowledge, as you see, is something which basically tailored, it tailors itself, it personalizes into another person's ears, from one mouth to another's ears, and then it fits well with you. 
Like, damn, this shit fits probably this shit fits perfectly with me. I get what, exactly what they're saying. What they're touching upon it is I, I agree with. I don't want to say I agree with it like that, but it just it feels right. It makes sense. So it's like knowledge is a certain kind of clay, not that you mold, but that which molds itself inside of you to fit into your own private perception of reality, to fit into that own mind or peace of mind perceptual knowledge of life that it has personally with life. So knowledge, looking at knowledge from a different point of view, it's something that personalizes and tailors itself within you when it's heard in your ears from another's mouth, when it fits into your experience all of a sudden from another's personal and private experience. How can something somebody else says fit perfectly into my experience when they say it at that moment? We may call it, or oh, I relate with it, or oh, I get where you're coming from, or oh, I feel you. But what's going on within that getting I get and I feel? What's behind all that? What's the invisible force that's working? What's going on? that makes what you say fit perfectly into what I know or makes what you experience fit perfectly into my present experience. What's going on between that transaction, between that hallway, between that tunnel? What's going on? What is, it, well, what is the activity that's going on? What's actually happening as it's being conveyed from your mouth into my ears? Can we describe that? Are we aware enough of that to be very sensitive to the subtle and subliminal workings and mechanics of what's actually going on underneath the surface of what we can explain of what's going on? Can we actually explain that which is underneath the surface? Are we being too technical? Are we being too this or too that? No. Because if we're touching upon the primary point of what's really actually happening, and somebody on a, somebody or a surface mind or somebody on the surface mystery, you're just being too technical, you're being too spiritual, you're being too literal, you know, you're being, you know, you're being too difficult and too literal with things, you know. Why are you going to get so deep? And it's like, no, if I'm touching upon a primary aspect or foundation of something which is happening, how am I being deep? I'm actually very simple. You're explaining something which is at its most bottom level, which is, which is at its most first stages of development. We're touching upon things which are subliminal and sensitive to sensitive radar, which can't be detected through surface dwellers. Mm. People have a lot of words for it. Why are you being so spiritual? Why are you being so technical? It's just like, it's just this happening. It's just that happening. We're just talking. You're just understanding what I'm saying. But how the fuck am I understanding what you're saying? What is happening? How the hell do I understand what you're going through personally in your experience? What is going on? What is this thing that we call knowledge? And why does this thing that we call knowledge mature into this thing called wisdom? Along and parallel with the line of experience. What the fuck are these things? See, and you have certain minds that just latch on to that understanding or latch on to that reality and then go deep into those waters or deep into that abyss of what the metaphysical, the metaphysician, our teacher says, the dark matter think tank. Hmm. You know, what Valley touched upon, what he, what he kind of coined, 
dogmatic intake teaching. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll put it like that for now. So, diving into these deep waters, these deep, dark waters, where light is a remnant and darkness runs rampant. Getting into these dark corners, you know, um, doesn't make you special, doesn't make me special, doesn't make anything anything. It's just whoever you are, whatever you are, whatever you're here, you know, whatever, whatever you, you find interesting to you and, and catches your attention for some reason. Some people may say, my purpose is to know this. My purpose, I'm here. This is my destiny. I don't get into that conversation. I just say, well, this, I just, this just fits well with me. Well, yeah, brother, this is your destiny. I don't give a fuck about my destiny, my purpose. I don't get into that. That's just bullshit to me. But for some reason, this just vibrates in me. I just call this a vibe, something I can relate with, and I find relative to me. This is your purpose. No, it's not. This is just something that I'm vibing on. It's something that I have a vibration to. It's just a natural thing. You can call it whatever you want to call it. I, I, I feel no need to call it anything. But in order to explain things to you, in order for us to have a conversation, I have to morsel it into and encapsulate it into a certain kind of wording or, or, or um, a terminology which you understand to have a mutual conversation and for me to convey to you exactly what I'm talking about in order for you to understand it. But if I can use silence for you to understand where I'm coming from, I'd rather use that. You see, so basically, going back to the point, when you hear something and it relates with you, how does what any occultist, a metaphysician, or a Gnostic may say, or spiritual person may say, or somebody in tune with the forces and in contact with certain other invisible things going on, how does that fit well inside of you, and what is going on within that transaction from their mouth to your ears, or from their experience to your experience? Knowledge and wisdom and experience and understanding is a it personalizes itself within you from one personal experience and into your experience, it starts to mold, it clays itself, it starts to clay itself, it molds itself, it personalizes, it tailors itself to fit your perfect perception so that you perfectly understand it and it fits perfectly into your mold of reality. Something is going on. Reflect on that. Uh. Mm. Um, I had one. <laughs> I had one thing, but um, <clears throat> feel like it it left me. <laughs> um, it was about um. Um, yeah, kind of, huh? I said, cool, that is settled calling back. Yeah, 
come back but um but I didn't it wasn't really much to add it was more kind of a comment kind of an offshoot but mm-hmm. it may come back <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 And we just deal with these light words. And it is light, you know, everything is simple. Like I tell, like I say, you know, I suggest and recommend anybody and anything keep things as simple as possible, absolutely. But it doesn't mean that you don't have to pick up the surface and see how the surface is appearing or working on its own. It doesn't mean that you don't have to do that. Or you're not, uh, you shouldn't do that or that. No. If you want to do that, then do that. And that's why, you know, that's why I do it. Because it doesn't take no sweat off my brow. It's nothing to me. And I do it naturally. And we touch upon it naturally in this podcast. Because it's, it's not something that we're trying hard and desperately to do. Something that comes naturally. So it's not individual with being technical or spiritual or too spiritual about something or being too difficult and using all this great terminology for things. No, we're, this is the whole point of awareness is describing that which is almost indescribable. Putting that into words which almost doesn't have any words to be put into. And you say, well, how am I supposed to understand it? By experiencing it. You have your own personal experience with it. And your experience doesn't even have, you don't even have to understand what you're experiencing. Because the experience alone validates the reality of it. The realness of it. Whether you want to understand it or not, that's on you. But you can never deny the experience. And you may never be able to describe the experience or explain the experience, but you can never deny the experience itself, whether you can describe or explain it or not. It doesn't matter. You can't deny it. It happened. It's happening. It happens. Right. Yeah, that's that's really what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, not not all of that, but more along the lines of, um, you know, basically going off what you said on, um, like, putting things into a word. Sometimes it, um, it will, you know, you get carried away with the word, basically, you know. Because once you use one word, it's like, it, um, you know, then other things start to go. So it's like um, it's that momentum thing where you use one word, you start talking, and it's, 
you know. And it's like this whole other thing when, um, you know, like the telephone funny. game or something. Mm-hmm. You said that. It just might be something funny. It's like you mm-hmm. give one homeless motherfucker a home, <laughs> other homeless person like, where's my home? And you give mm-hmm. that a home. I don't know, homeless person say, where's my home? These things that don't have a home or these things that don't have a worry, if you keep putting it into a worry, that in itself becomes an addiction. And you have mm-hmm. to put something which is not in the word in the word. And something else that comes that is just real a real experience that's not a word has to be put in a word and you give another word. So on and 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 so on. So you're putting these private and personal experiences within you and your reality that doesn't have a word and then you put them anywhere. And that's basically putting what the Gnostics call a spirit or a soul inside of a body, which doesn't necessarily or naturally have a body to begin with, which is why they got rid of the baby. Mm-hmm. Which is why they got rid of the instinct. You know, like I said, people want, oh, my ancient, my ancestors, and this and that and that. If you're judgmental, you're talking about how great you want to worship your ancestors. If you're judgmental and you want to worship your ancestors, if you really look at what they're doing and you're judgmental, you'll probably want to kill yourself. <laughs> you will find it so horrific because you're judgmental. The only reason why it doesn't mean that you want to do that, to kill yourself or commit suicide. Cause that, no. If you're judgmental and you look back upon what your ancient ancestors were doing, you might start to question your present reality. Maybe that's supposed to happen. I don't know. I don't care. But, you know, like a lot of people say, my, oh, my Egyptian ancestors, my Egyptian this, my Egyptian that, blah, 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 pre-dynastic this, pre-dynastic that, all right, whatever. But remember, the Egyptians worship death. So, before they look at their gold and how nice they made the mascara and how nice they made their eyes and made their self look according to these movies and these shows and biographies of how we looked and how we were. Uh, I won't get too deep into that. If you want to know anything, make it real to yourself once again. Self-convincing is the most real you make it to yourself. Read or not even read as much, but really go into yourself and just make sense, make common sense. Common sense can take you a long way, you know. It can take you a nice distance. But um, think of a primordial you or a primary version of you, and you don't know what death is, and you're with somebody, and your whole reality, all of a sudden that person just stops moving, stops speaking, stops talking to you. And you're on a hill in a mountain. And most of the life, most of the earth is pitch black. And the moon comes out. And the sun is no longer there. And you're hearing animals. And different things around you. And can't see what's around you. You know, put yourself in that primordial mind. And then come back to the present day. Okay? So, <laughs> just a little glimpse of reality. A little taste of it. A little mm-hmm. salt in the platter. 
to have a more in-depth, in-contact, you know, more affiliated or stronger affiliation with the most realist, most intense uh, points of reality itself. Just, just a little peephole, that's it. Just a little crack of the door. So imagine the whole door open. No, no shades of blinds on, the windows are shut. next random doorway the next random doorway is here in this life or reality the purpose here in this life or in this reality we are supposed to or we create jails shells imprisonment encapsulations what do you mean by that here we create and play with personalities, characters, and behaviors. These are certain kind of jailings or shellings or encapsulations. We, in other words, we create programs. We create cycles here. We create habits here. We create addictions here, we create obsessions here. We create cycles here. We create carousels here. We create the circle mind here. The more the circle goes in a circle, the more you get trapped within that circle. The more you think you are that circle and forget that you are actually the dot in the middle of the circle or the cycling. What do you mean by that? Grab a pencil. Put a piece of paper in front of you. What I want you to do is draw a dot in the middle of the paper. Just put a dot in the middle. Don't twist the pencil. Just poke a dot in the middle of the paper. What I want you to do now is go around that circle, go around that dot in a circle. As you go around that dot in a circle, what happens with the circle? The circle becomes darker. Go around the circle again, it becomes darker again. Go around the circle again, that same circle becomes darker. Go back around that circle again, it becomes darker. Go back around that circle again, it becomes very dark. Go back around that circle again, it becomes the darkest. Go back around that same circle again. If you make it around that same circle again, the paper is going to rip and your point of your pencil is going to go through the paper. What that's symbolic of is the point of no return. Everything in reality gives you an example of how this reality operates. And it comes in the most simplistic form as what I just told you with a pencil and a piece of paper. In the example of a dot and a circle. 
Why do you think your pupil is what we know as a circle? Why do you think your iris is what we know as a circle? Why do you think your head or your face is somewhat circular or oval-like? A cycle. See, we can even look at oval as over, which is ovary. Lunar cycle, which is the woman's cycle, which is why they call somebody who is insane a lunatic. This is all connected. This is the reality of cyclic nature. This is the reality of sun, moon, sun, moon, sun, moon, sun, moon, sun, moon, sun, moon, sun, moon. Circle, 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 circle. Cycle, 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 cycle. Habit, 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 obsession, obsession, addiction, addiction. This is the place where this exists. But your only savior is if you're willing to, if you're actually able to understand that, not even understand it at, at first, but realize it, not even realize it at first, but be aware of it. Once you're aware of it, you realize something. Once you realize something, you become knowledgeable of it or understand it, and then you have the knowledge of it, and then you become wise to it. And throughout these dimensions of going through these certain type of realizations or stages of realization, you create more of a space and a gap and a distance between this and that or that and this or you and this reality or the I which is this within the side of you. You create that space between the I and you. And this is what they call, quote, unquote, spiritual. Or, quote, unquote, a guru. Or, quote, unquote, a yogi. Or, quote, unquote, magical powers. Or, quote, unquote, supernatural. It's not nothing supernatural. It's not nothing magical or spiritual. This doesn't mean anything. This means that you have a very keen awareness and you can realize things that others or majority may not. It doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you worse. It just makes you whatever you are. You are just whatever you are. Certain things communicate to you that may not communicate with others. Certain things you may see that others cannot see. Certain things you realize that others may not realize and may never realize. But do not put yourself on any superior pedestal or any great pedestal or better than or best than. No, don't get into these words. Just accept the experience as it is, period. Stop trying to be great or greater or best or better. That deals with competition. Competition does not exist because there's nothing else in existence but you here. So who or what are you competing with? There's nothing else to compete with. There's nothing in existence or anything that exists for you to compete with. So who are you competing with? How are you greater than or better than something that doesn't exist? That's foolery. See, so going back to this, this random doorway that we're touching upon. 
the imprisoning or the jailing or the shelling or the encapsulation, which is what we know as personalities, characters, and behaviors, or that which is a program or that which is a cycling, a circle, a habit, the habitual nature, this is the place where that goes down. But if you realize what's going down, then that means that you have realized that you are not that which is going down. Let that go down however it wants to go down. Let that play however it wants to play. You find somewhere else to be and enjoy the entertainment of humanity. But don't get caught inside of the illusional entertainment of humanity. Be aware of your feelings. Be aware of your emotions. Be aware of what you connect yourself to and who you connect yourself to and what's trying to connect to you. Now be cautious. Now that has nothing to do with this. No danger. Just be aware. Remain aware is what I would suggest or recommend. That's what this podcast is about. Have your antennas up. That's all. Try to reflect on My reflection is um, sounds like we've come full circle. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> this is the nature of the circle, the nature of the cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, that sickle or anything with the sickle cell, what they call that illness or ailment called sickle cell. The sickle with the cycle, the cycling cell, or the cell with the cycling. It's a mm-hmm. program that is on repeat. A program which may be out of your control genetically or biologically, chemistry-wise. But it's not fully out of your control because if you're able to be the nothingness, you can actually control it or get to the center point of it and actually manipulate it according to how you benefit from it rather than it taking from you and depleting you or deteriorating you in certain forms. doesn't make you stupid. doesn't make you that's what it just makes you know. Just, uh, just becoming knowledgeable of certain things if you're willing to dive into those dimensions or those deep waters of reality or the nothingness that you truly are in order to have some type of discipline on the somethingness that you appear to be. So, yeah, that's uh, full circle, full cycle. You know, back to the program. Now, back to your scheduled program. <laughs> that's what they used to say. Back to a show in the 80s and 90s. Back to your scheduled program, TV show or a sitcom. <clears throat> So, I guess, last random doorway for today's episode is, and this is what I've realized personally, that I've personally realized as I've gone on my path and experience. <clears throat> Whatever I was really, really 
hungry for and hungry to know. I wasn't able to find it anywhere in anyone or anything. So eventually what I found and became witness to was I became me personally. I became the whole anywhere, anyone, and anything for myself that the self within myself was seeking to know or forward into. So what I mean by that is certain things that I touch upon this podcast, and this is a talk without, there's no ego involved at all. There's no pedestal putting or superior way of looking at things or living. No, this is just me purely and plainly describing what this entity called Blue channels into and may touch upon and how this individual entitled Blue touches upon things. But I'm going to refer and talk to you through the word of I. So whatever I was really hungry for Whatever I really wanted to know, and I was hungry to know, um, you know, hungry to listen to, hungry to see, hungry to interact with, eventually I found out that I wasn't able to find it anywhere within anyone or within anything. And so what I started to see was I started to become this whole anywhere I was looking forward or anyone I was looking forward to be in or anything I was looking forward to be at. I became that for myself. I became that self that the self was seeking to know or the self was seeking to fold itself into. So basically, I became my own food resource. This entity called Blue channels things and touches upon things which in certain ways isn't uh, kind of touched on in a more popular point of view. Like, whenever I look for space or somebody touch upon space on how it's communicating to me, like I touched upon with the episode of space and how this thing is, it may be an entity, it may be something which is, which is a thing rather than just air and invisibility or something which is translucent. There's something to it. I don't hear anybody or anything touching upon it from that point of view. And no matter where I look, no matter how deep of a person I looked into, whether a guru, guru or yogi or a Sufi or a metaphysician or an occultist or a Gnostic or whatever it may be, I couldn't find it. Or certain things that I may touch upon, I couldn't find it within someone or somewhere or anywhere or anything. And I'm like, damn, this thing talking to me is hitting me for a specific reason. I'm looking to see if I can relate with it or find a relative within anyone else, but nobody's touching upon it the way it's communicating to me. Why? And it was maybe because it just may wanted to have spoken through me through a certain way, certain way for me to convey it outward, for me to have that unique and rare perspective of it. So basically, I wanted to know so bad, and I was seeking so hard and so deeply for it outside at one point in the beginning of my path that I eventually found out in the present day and you know, uh, recently as well and within a few years that that, that passed that 
I was like, oh, shit. I started to touch upon things in a different way. And it's the way that I want to hear it or the way that I can feed off of it. So I seen that whatever I was hungry for, I myself became my own food source. And this is something personal I'm sharing with y'all. And, of course, some of y'all as well may be going through certain things as well that can relate with what I'm saying. And you can find yourself touching upon certain unique things or certain kind of topics that may be popularized through certain people, but they're not touching upon it in a way that you relate with it personally within yourself. And you're like, damn, why is nobody talking about the same topic or the same subject the way it's communicating to me and through me? I don't get it. Why am I not getting it? You know why you're not getting it? Because you are actually the conduit to it in a rare form. And until you realize that, you will not feed off or you will not get fed because you don't understand that you are your own food source. That's what I've personally realized and what I've personally experienced, which is why I may touch upon certain things here and there, but from my point of view or my perspective, I may, well, this entity called blue, this channel called blue, this vessel called blue, get something spoken to to it and through it in a certain way that isn't popular to others or may not be considered, quote-unquote, the norm to how others may have heard it or may have witnessed it or may have experienced it. I had to become this odd thing that I was searching for outside of myself. But I didn't do it intentionally. It just created itself on its own within me. I'm not greater than any motherfucking thing. I'm not superior than anything. I'm a piece of shit just like anything else. I go through my own shit just like anything else. Even if I'm touching upon judgment and having the knowledge of it, don't think that I may not judge certain things at certain times, but it's not about the slipping is about how far do you slide, like I talk about in other reality, in other episodes. Don't get mad because you're slipping. Like, damn, I shouldn't have judged. I'm supposed to be on my spiritual meditation. Um, no. Slip up, nigga. Make mistakes. Fuck up. That's what this reality is about. Because you have to do that because you have to see where your awareness starts to come in at. It's about the sharpness of your awareness. How do I test the sharpness of my awareness? By fucking up. That's human nature. That's the human default. That's what this shit is about. It's about bleeding. It's about getting cuts. It's about scraping. It's about getting bruises, punctures, everything. This is what this reality is about. So never shy yourself away from mistakes and this and that. You want to not do that, but you want to accept that. Like I said before, how strong or how great do you know how your army is unless you put it to war? You can teach them and train them and this and that and that and this. I'm sure many trainers have trained boxers or certain people and, and these trainers that gave their all and their knowledge and experience and know-how to these boxers and these boxers go in the ring and get their ass whipped. So how will you know how strong your, what your training is until it's in the field of battle. See, so 
how keen is your awareness until you have it in the village or the valley of mistakes <clears throat> or slip-ups? You don't judge yourself with a slip-up or nothing like that, no. You determine the slide. Your awareness, the sharpness of your awareness determines the distance of the slide after you slip. When you was ignorant or unaware or unknowledgeable of things, when you slip, you slid 10 feet. When you become aware, when you slip now, you only slide 10 inches. You may slide 3 inches. You may slide 1 inch. Back on your feet again. See, so that's the whole understanding of what this whole thing is about. It's not about being perfect because you're fooling yourself. There's no such thing. So get out that shit. So I'm just, I was just sharing something personally with the listeners as well. And those that will listen to this after or whatever, maybe, maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe next year. Mm-hmm. But it's just something, if you find a relative to you and you can relate with it, don't deny it. It's the experience. So just know that whatever you're hungry for, whatever you're seeking, you are that which you're hungry for. You are that which you're seeking. And you will transform and turn into that to feed yourself and become your own personal food source. When you can't find it outward, you'll find it inward. But you become it inward. Unbeknownst to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I don't want to um, add anything else to that. I think it was pretty clear and um, self-explanatory. And it's something, something to um, to go with, you know. It's like you become your own savior. Look at the sun out there to save you or bring you back to reality or sanity. All along, you don't even know it's you. Right. Until it happens. But even when it happens, you may not even go out. Hmm. Awareness is a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Beautiful, beautiful thing. That's a cool thing. Cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even like being aware, but it's also being aware of awareness itself. So it's real. And there's also mm-hmm. accepting and adjusting. So I told people, you want to worship anything. Now, this is this is the realm, this is the life, or this is the reality of doing. Doing, doing, doing. Adore, adore, adore. Yeah, you are being by your primordial nature. But your secondary nature is doing. And this reality, and this reality is about doing, then it's like kind of a primary nature. 
in a certain way. Even though the primary nature is being, but in this reality, the primary nature is doing. Even though in a truer reality, it's the secondary nature. But in this reality of the doing life, it's about doing. So I'll tell people, if you want to worship anything, worship action. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Create a God of action. Create a goddess of action. Make a picture. Create a statue. I don't give a fuck what's made out of toothpicks or popsicle sticks. Or molded of wood or clay. Make a god or a goddess or an androgynous being created through your hand and make it the principle of action and worship it. Come to action, being. Right. That's it. <laughs> yes, yes. Best thing. <laughs> if there was a best thing, that would be the best thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worship the God and Goddess of Action. That's it. <laughs> you look mm-hmm. at God and Goddess anyway. They're all principles. Action is a principle. Why not worship that person? You can you can worship love, beauty, you know, understanding, knowledge, wisdom. So they have God and goddesses under these principles. Remember, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, beauty, you know, strength, all this other shit. It's nothing, absolutely nothing. You can know whatever the hell you want. You can be as strong as you want to be. You can be beautiful as you want. You can be ugly. You can be warful. You can be whatever you want to be. Warlike. I don't care. But understand that none of these things happen or activated. None of these can get activated. None of these things can happen without the principle of action. Beyond words, um, nothing left for me to say. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, beyond words and expression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely cool. Sometimes I don't even know what to say. Just <laughs> <clears throat> I look so much though. Shut up. Sometimes I get tired of hearing my own self. 
<laughs> I get it. Not the only one. <laughs> Not talking about you, but <laughs> talking about, you know, just in general, I know that feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's today's fun episode. Today's fun time. Another random thing. You having fun with for the day. Kind of like this thing. Cool, because, you know, we just touched upon. We usually touch upon topic by topic throughout one episode. But there's a lot of things going on at one time sometimes. Depending upon the era that you're in presently, you know, will determine mm-hmm. how you will communicate. True. Touching upon one thing and touching upon many things, you know, it's all, it's all valid. It's all needed, it's all wanted, it's all requested, it's all desired. Yeah. So touching upon okay. one thing is just as relevant as touching upon many things, and vice versa. Yeah. <clears throat> so, we had fun, once again. Another episode. Hmm. Always as usual. And I guess until next time, until no time, we will see you guys again. Until we see you guys again, we'll keep you in the vision. One. Zero. Zero.